When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. My name is Chris Plank. The countdown to football is on. On today's episode, we recap the Sooners at Big 12 Media Day in Frisco, Texas. You'll hear from Lincoln Riley. You'll hear from Rodney Anderson. You'll hear from Kenneth Murray. And coming up here in just a bit, Jessica Cootie, who was front and center, will let us know what she learned while covering the Sooners in Frisco couple of quick notes. You need to hit up Soonersports.com right now for information about Meet the Sooners Day. It is Sunday. We'll have a bonus podcast episode this week to make sure you have all the details. Remember, it's a kid's event, 14 and under. Get all the news you need right now at Soonersports.com. And then coming up next week on the show, Meet the Sooners Day, always surrounded by Sooner Media Day. So we'll have much more from many of the Sooners that maybe haven't had an opportunity to have the microphone in front of them this offseason. That's coming up next week on the Sooner Sports Podcast. But as always, thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for listening. I know it's been a minute or two since we've jumped on here and brought you a Sooner update. But, hey, you know, in all honesty, it's kind of been a laid-back time for OU Athletics. So what do you say we break the silence? What do you say we break the void? What do you say we get after it and talk some Sooner football as we look back on Big 12 Media Days in Frisco, Texas? And, of course, our our primary focus here, our main focus, is on Oklahoma. And Jessica Cootie was front and center for Soonersports.com and Soonersports.tv, and that's where we start 
on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Jess, thanks for joining us. Take us through what you learned yesterday. What really stood out to you from the Sooner contingent in Frisco, Texas on Monday? There were several things, um, to be honest. But, um, you know, one thing I thought, and, and they just got asked this over and over again, I told them, like, you should have been counting at the beginning, especially for Ben Powers and Rodney Anderson. What about the quarterback battle? And, you know, they just kept, you know, and, and you know how the media is. I mean, we are, I mean, you know, people want to know about the quarterbacks and what's going to happen and how are you going to replace Baker and, you know, is this offense going to falter without him and how are you going to continue to put up big numbers and all of that. And I thought both of them just kept handling it over and over again so well. How about, look, you know, we've got a lot of pieces in place and, you know, you talk about the O-line and you talk about, the other weapons that, you know, we're 1,000% confident was no matter who gets the job, you know, and, and just the way that they just handled that, knowing that that was something that they got asked over and over again. And, and these are people that, are, these are guys that are, again, have not been in this situation. Kenneth Murray was, just blew me away. Um, on several occasions, I mean, he was, he was so good, but, you know, he, um, he uh, got beat up a little bit after that Georgia game and um, by people, and he read everything that people said, and he has watched the game film now 128 times. And um, he just keeps watching it. And so um, I think the last time he watched I can't remember what he said the last time that he had watched it, but he said um, there's no rhyme or reason, but like he'll just like be on TV or something, and then maybe something pops up that makes him mad, and he'll go back and watch it again. Um but just his his kind of regimen, like he started watching ridiculous amounts of game film. Um, after week three, he said, I, I, I realized I needed it. So he literally watches, I think, I mean, it's all week, you know, and then like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then, um, you know, Thursday's kind of a little bit of his light day. He might only watch two hours of film on Thursday. Um <laughs> So the way that he, I mean, like, he was he was really, really good yesterday. You know, it's it's interesting because you and I also had a chance a lot last year to talk to Oboe, and Oboe would brag about how diehard Kenneth Murray was in that film room. And, you know, Jess, it's hard enough for him having to basically move from that outside backer position that he was familiar to. But to see the way that he's embraced it and to see the way that Obviously, he's developed into it. He developed Kenneth Murray developed into a, bro, a vocal leader midway through his freshman season, first year with a lot of seniors on that defense, which stood out to me. But I got to admit, there was also a guy that stood out in what I've been able to see so far, and that was Bennett Powers. I just thought everything he did was on point. He showed that nasty attitude. He stood up for guys that were under recruited. I thought he was great yesterday as well. Yeah, he was, and um, you know. Uh, he, uh, the way that he was talking about how, you know, his story is pretty remarkable. And then, um, you know, he was talking about how when he first had got gotten to OU, um, you know, it was right after the Orange Bowl. And Jonathan Alvarez and Drew Samia had both basically played their entire freshman year on the line um, to help get to that Rose Bowl. I'm sorry, the Orange Bowl. And so he, um, you know, he talked about how much he kind of looked up to them and how much they kind of, like, took him under their wings. And so it was 
it was really neat hearing him talk about like the chemistry of this O-line, which we've talked about, but like, you know, hearing him break down about how they all work together and, and, you know, he really looks up to those guys and then how much he's learned from them. And, um, you know, so that now they feel like they can all kind of be a collective leader group. Like, you know, it was, it was Orlando Brown was a, a guy that really did help help people accountable. And so, you know, they realized the, the O-line, especially those older guys on the O-line, realized that, you know, they're going to have to step up and fill that, that, that role, that leadership role that was left behind by Orlando Brown, but then also not even just him, but the other, the other leaders, like it, it's kind of, they feel like it's on them a little bit to kind of step into that and it's going to be more collective, you know? So um, I thought the way that he kind of talked about the O-line as a group. And then of course, everybody was wanting to know about Beanbow. What is Beanbow's secret behind his success? And, um, and then Imani was great too. And, and hearing him kind of talk about, um, a lot yesterday they were talked about what's going to change the mentality the perception of the Oklahoma defense and you know they they handled it very well especially for people like I said that hadn't been through this before and you know you've got reporters from all over and it's not like you know they go one at a time and then you know everybody gets to kind of ask them no it's like they they sit up there and then you'll have waves of reporters just keep coming in. And, you know, so then then you're kind of faced with answering a lot of the same questions again. And over and over again, those two defensive guys were, were asked about how how can you change the perception of this Oklahoma defense. And, you know, um, I thought both of them handled it very, very well. And um, uh, it, was, it, was, it was really cool to see kind of, again, like what we had talked about going into it, with four guys maybe that you hadn't got to see a lot of their personality, a lot of who they are, kind of get to emerge a little bit and be some, be a little bit more of a star yesterday. Which is interesting because that's what I think for guys like Rodney, well, all the, all four guys that went, that was an opportunity to show, hey, we're okay with being the spokesman because, Jess, we've talked about it a lot already. We'll talk about it a lot going forward. But that's what this team desperately will need going into this season because the guys that have been the vocal leaders are – I hate to use the term spokesperson because that sounds kind of cheesy, but it's true. When it comes to the uh, handling of the media, they're going to have a lot of media responsibilities. And I would say from what I saw in round one, I think they hit a home run. How about you? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that leadership question was posed a lot as well yesterday. And, um, you know – Ben Tower said, look, there's no doubt in my mind, in our mind, we have the leaders. It's just a matter of getting them to step up, getting them to emerge. And I think those four guys yesterday took a huge step, huge step in doing that, just in the way that they handled themselves, the way they represented the University of Oklahoma, talked about their teammates. Um, it's not necessarily something that you do on the field, but it's Still, it's, it's a way that you have to be in a, in a position that you're you're representing your team and, and you're kind of speaking for them, and that's another step in, in how you kind of become that. And so I think they all handled it very, very well. You can watch all of the full-length interviews, the press conferences at Soonersports.tv and Soonersports.com, and we'll have much more from Jess coming up next week after OU Media Day on campus on Sunday. Now, from Jessica to Lincoln, 
The head coach, Lincoln Riley, took the podium and previewed the 2018 season in front of the Big 12 media. Here's the coach. Oh, thank you. It's uh, it's great to be back. A uh, little bit more notice this time. Um, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's great to be back. It's an exciting time for us. Uh, this this off season has certainly felt a lot different in many ways than, than the previous one did. Um, excited excited for our team going forward. You know, we feel like we've got so much you know recruiting momentum, so much just overall momentum behind the program. Based on what this group has been able to do here for the last few years, it's uh, it's very exciting. And going into a season with you know so many new pieces at critical positions, uh, probably more important than anything, new leadership, um, some experienced players at some of your core positions, especially you know offensive lines, kind of that defensive front seven. So excited to see that. Uh, but this is going to be an interesting team, no question. I, I think it's got a chance to be, you know, maybe the most talented team that we've had uh, in the now four years uh, that, that will have been at OU, uh, but also probably our most inexperienced team as well. And so I think our leadership is going to be a very, very key part of, of how this team progresses. But it should be a, a really entertaining season. Uh, Non-conference schedule for us is as challenging as always, um, and you know, with uh, all three of them being at home, but three very, very tough opponents, uh, teams that were very successful last year uh, with Army and Florida Atlantic, and then obviously with, with Coach Kelly being back at UCLA, they're going to be a, an intriguing challenge as well. So uh, we've got a lot to build on. We've got a lot of excitement around our program, and certainly looking forward to getting started. We got a question up here about halfway up on the right-hand side. Barry, put your hand up. Or, oh, I'm sorry. You would stand and give your name, please. Brian Aber from the Oklahoman. Lincoln, you recently made some comments on the radio about defense and uh, a certain team from the SEC. Were you surprised at how that those things were construed, maybe uh, nationally, and how? Uh, sort of big it became, at least in Oklahoma? Not really. It's a slow time media-wise. I get that. Um, yeah, I think you had some people that read probably one sentence out of the entire deal, and that's, uh, that's what they took from it, uh, when in fact my comment had nothing to do about Georgia specifically and everything to do about the Big 12 and the quality of offenses in this league, and not just last year, but in, in recent history. Um, I think a I think it's a very fair point that even if you had a what is a top five defense in the country, that statistically that would be tough to maintain if you played in the Big 12 Conference and played the quality of offenses that we see week in and week out. And I think, I think if you look at offensively these leagues over the past 10, 15 years, I think that point's very well supported. So, listen, there's good offenses in all in every league. There's really good defenses in every league. Uh, but the best offenses in the country over the last 15 years have been in the Big 12 Conference, and uh, that's what I base my point on. Question about halfway up, and then we'll come all go back. Yeah, go ahead. Wendell Barnhouse from the Open Man. Lincoln, uh, read the offseason where I guess over two dozen NFL teams came to Norman to kind of pick your guys' brains about your offensive schemes and stuff. Can you kind of explain what goes into that? I mean, obviously, they've seen the film. They know what the plays are. But what what are they trying to get? And also, how much, if anything, does it benefit 
your staff having those guys come in to kind of see what you're trying to do? Sure. Uh, that thing got blown out of proportion a little bit. I mean, it's uh, both the first two questions did. But, you know, I think I think a couple of things factored into it. You know, one, we had a lot of players that were obviously on NFL radars that people were studying. Um, I think, too, the NFL has become a lot closer to what the college game is, at least offensively. And so I think there's there's more things that you can discuss back and forth that are relevant for both sides. And so I think that opened it up. And, you know, some of these were just, you know, hey, a few minutes here or there or a guy at pro day or these guys coming in to work out a guy and they sit there and talk to you. Some were longer, but uh, for us, we're, we're never going to sit there and talk to somebody that we don't feel like we, we can't get something from. I mean, there's got to be something in it for us. And listen, all these guys that we got a chance to talk to, it's very helpful for us. There's a lot of things, you know, for me to sit down, whether it's offensively, uh, whether it's, you know, more from the head coaching perspective on how you handle different situations or scheduling. I mean, you name it. So it's been nice to have a, a few more resources, a few more guys that you can uh, that you can talk to, bounce ideas off of. It's something we've taken advantage of. And uh, listen, we, you know, we've done some good things, but a lot of people do a lot of good things, too. So we're, we're appreciative to have the chance to visit with those people. We had a question on the front, and then we're going to come back over to this side. Go. Jack Rogers, Reddit CFB. Uh, with Kyle Murray, Kyler Murray being selected ninth overall by the Oakland A's, uh, how will that affect his use on the football field, and what will your coaching staff be doing to help his major league aspirations? Uh, it won't uh, affect it at all. And I like baseball, but I don't know a whole lot about it, so I'm not going to be helping him any that way. I'll, I'll support him and. Whenever he plays baseball, I'll go watch him and cheer for him. But, you know, I'm going to probably more than anything just continue to try to grow him as a competitor, uh, continue to try to grow him as a young man, you know, help him get ready for the things that are going to be in front of him, you know, because that's a big part of my job as well. It's not just about the football field, but I don't know that anything that I'm going to teach him is going to directly carry over. Uh, he's he's a talented athlete. He's put himself in position to to be able to choose, uh, to be able to have a chance to do both, and happy, uh, very happy for him uh, to be drafted as I was and the opportunity that, that has been presented to him and his family. We've got a question on the left rear, and then we'll move on the other side. Hey, Coach, Ian Boyd, Inside Texas. Your offense managed to score 48 points against Georgia, didn't quite get the, get the win. How do you get the defense back to the level it was when Oklahoma last won a national championship? Yeah, we got to we got to recruit, and uh, we feel like we're you know in the process of, of making a you know a pretty good move there, and that's the first thing that I've seen is our talent levels needed to increase, and I think we're on the way to doing that. I I feel like some of our best talent defensively right now is kind of from our freshman and sophomore classes. You know, we're probably only going to play with one, maybe two seniors defensively this year, which is uh, alarming in some ways, but it also I think shows you that we've been on a nice run recruiting here the last couple of years and so i think that's i think that is to me been our number one issue as our we've had good players don't get me wrong uh but our talent level has not been 
the same as some of the other elite def defenses in the country. And then I think for us, it's about consistency. You know, we've had some some great moments defensively. You know, one down the road here in the Big 12 championship game. You know, we we completely shut down Ohio State and Columbus. Uh, we've had some great moments defensively, but uh, we've got to play like that more often. And so uh, we're building. Uh, I know that's something in this period of time, uh, having this entire offseason as the head coach, as opposed to last year, I felt like I've been able to do my job better on that front because I'm the one that's ultimately responsible for it. And uh, so I feel great about our staff going in. I, I love our talent, even though it's young, we're gonna have to grow up in a hurry, but I, I don't think we're far off from being the kind of defense that we wanna be. Kirk. Question on the uh, Kirk Bowles from the Austin American Statesman. Uh, Lincoln, saying you may have the most talented team you've had in four years is kind of a mouthful considering how good y'all have been. So I'm assuming by that you mean you should have Final Four capability again this year. And what specific phases need to improve to get there? Yeah, I, I, I do think we have that capability. Now, having that capability and getting there, you know, two different things. And uh, it takes so many things have got to go your way. You're going to have to win some tough games. You're going to have to stay healthy. I mean, a lot of things factor into that. But I, I do think the talent's there. Uh, I do think our leadership is going to be so critical. Yes, what has to happen to me, it's our leaders have got to step up. And our young players, our young, talented players have got to grow up in a hurry maybe maybe even fair to say ahead of schedule uh, on both accounts and i think that'll be the key i think if this team reaches its potential then uh you know then we can we can play with and we can beat anybody but it's a, it's a long road there's a lot of teams i think that are capable of doing that and uh it's uh it's hard to do we've had a you know chance to to get to that to the playoff twice um have had a chance to win this league three times in a row and it's it's hard i mean it's you know, I've been in this league for a long time, going back to my Texas Tech days, and I have a lot of respect for it and how hard it is to do. And so, uh, you know, we'll have to we'll have to fight like crazy to give ourselves that chance again. Question on the right side, Brian. Hey, Lincoln, uh, Brian Balding, your Fox Sports. Uh, we all loved watching Baker play the last three years. Phenomenal, phenomenal playmaker. But in Kyler, we're looking at a different athlete and um, maybe a better runner. So will the offense change at all with Kyler quarterback? Well, Kyler's not the quarterback yet, all right? There's a really, really good competition going on right now, and Tyler's gonna, Kyler's going to have to fight like crazy to win this job. Uh, it's a different competition than it's been in the last few years. It's very different because you've got two guys that have been in it. Both have been Baker's backups in the last two years. They've both been in multiple years, and they're both good enough and both ready to be the starting quarterback at Oklahoma. And so... You know, first things first, he's got to win that job. And, and whoever wins it, whether it's Austin Kendall or Kyler Murray, the, the offense will look different, no question. Uh, they're, they've got different skill sets than Baker. There's some things that uh, Baker did better than these guys do. There's some things that these guys do better than Baker did. And so, you know, that's always your job is once we, you know, narrow down who that guy is, and, you know, we've got to do a good job of coaches of, of tailoring it to those guys and giving them the best chance for success, but I think the mo most important thing, or at least most important thing early for us, is let's make sure we get the right guy. You know, let's let's put them through this competition, let's test these guys, let's really put them through it because we got two guys that are more than capable of, of getting this team to where we need to be. Question on the aisle. Hi, Andrew Miner with 24/7 Sports. 
Um, regarding the quarterback competition and the differences you highlighted with uh, Baker that you had last year, some would say you're very fortunate to, you know, for a second-year coach to have such athletic quarterbacks in your backfield. Um, can you just kind of highlight those differences and similarities a little bit more between your quarterbacks and how much tinkering you're going to have to do on the on the sidelines? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're definitely different. You know, Austin is... Uh, you know he's a great pocket passer uh you know very very smooth very he's really good with his progressions um has really progressed in a lot of ways there and he's a he's a sneaky good athlete you know he's not as flashy of an athlete as as kyler is but he's got plenty of, of enough athleticism to, to hurt people and to make people pay uh you know kyler the athleticism you know obviously jumps off the screen pretty quickly you just don't see that very often for his position but Kind of like Austin, but in a different way. He's 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 a better thrower than probably he gets credit for. Uh, and so, you know, both guys have the skill set to run it. I, I think not only when you talk about Taylor and an offense to a quarterback strengths. A lot of times, sometimes you're talking physical strengths, but a lot of times to me it's mental strengths. You know, what what can they process? What do they like? What are the you know what are the different plays that really complement you know and uh, their their thought process their mindset and so there's a lot more than goes into it than just you know how well do they throw it or how fast do they run. Question. Question on the front. Brandon Drum, OU Insider, two four seven. You talked a lot about inexperience and looking for leaders throughout the spring and stuff. Have you been able to find your leaders during spring ball, summer workouts, or is that something that you're going to have to go and find during your fall fall camp? Yeah, I think we've identified some guys that are, you know, potentially those guys. I mean, I think Rodney Anderson, you know, definitely is one of the first names that comes to mind. I think he's ready for that role and has, has started to really embrace that role. Um, you know, we're going to have to get some more leadership from our offensive line because we do have some some guys that have been, been through it, some multi-year starters that are very good players with Ben Powers, Drew Samia, you know, Jonathan Alvarez, uh, Bobby Evans. I mean, those guys have been through a lot of wars with us, and so we need them to, to step out and do that. Um, you know, defensively, Kenneth Murray, even though he's just going to be a sophomore, you know, he's a Mike linebacker. He's kind of the heart of our defense there, and so we uh, – and he's ready to do it, even though he's a young age. Uh, I would also put Trey Norwood in that category. I feel like he's ready to do it. Amani Bledsoe, Neville Gallimore have been some other guys that have really stepped up as well. So – the, the potential is there, kind of like our team in general. The potential is there. Now, you know, what are we going to go do with it? And uh, those guys are going to be very key. This could be the final question for Coach. Joey Helmer, 24-7 Sports. Obviously, you always want to play everyone, but how much will the new redshirt rule uh, change how you manage players you're considering redshirting? It, it completely changes it. It's, uh, I, don't, I don't know if people on the outside or even maybe us on the inside understand how different that rule is how much the game is going to be different the strategy behind it i think it's going to be fun i think it's a good rule um we we got into some dicey situations last year uh in the playoff where an injury here or there we would have had to pull a red shirt on a guy um so it 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 takes that out of the equation which is good that's the right thing for the players and it does give you a chance to you know, to use those games in, in the way you best see fit. So I think, it, you know, each group will have their own strategy for it. I think it'll be interesting to see. I think it'll be something we learn from year to year, but I'm excited about the rule and think it was a positive step for college football. So just quickly to recap, no 
tipping of the hand as to who the starting quarterback is going to be. There's going to be a competition. And don't tell Lincoln Riley that Kyler Murray's the starting quarterback. He hasn't won that job yet. Good stuff from Coach Riley. Let's focus now our attention on the players, shall we? These aren't one-on-one interviews. I was not in Frisco, unfortunately. Jess was, and it was kind of crazy. So we got an opportunity to hear some good questions, some great answers from some Sooner student-athletes. And we'll start with Rodney Anderson, the Sooner running back, who's getting set to probably take on a bigger role in 2018, if that's even possible after the role he played down the stretch last year. Uh, yeah, TJ, ple- uh, yeah. pleasure. I know. How's he doing? Uh, he is doing really good. As, especially as a freshman, he got the spring. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, he showed out in the spring. Uh, he's been doing great things. And uh, I feel like he's been making uh, leaps and bounds in the weight room as well. Uh, no pun intended, I guess. But, uh, yeah, he's he's been doing really well. And the way we describe Trey Sermon may not be the way you describe him. We kind of describe him as maybe our cleanup guy. Coming in the fourth quarter and nobody can match his uh, – the fact that, you know, kind of like Samaji in a way. Samaji could – kill you in the fourth quarter right um I don't know I feel like Trey he's good at any time and I feel like he showed that uh I mean he's definitely good in the fourth but he's good in the third second and first as well and so you know I feel like he's our whole running back room really I feel like we just got weapons yeah unbelievable good luck this year thank you this time last year Lincoln had just taken over what's it been like having him for a full calendar year now and how do you think that may have helped and maybe you guys just getting used to him um i think it's i mean there wasn't too much of a transition between uh coach stoops and coach riley so i mean you know it was really smooth and so it kind of feels like we've just been going on carrying on business as usual so um i'm i'm excited to see what coach riley's got for this year um, I would say his his mentality, like his aggressiveness and his just drive to always always get better. You know, he's he's been a leader, he's been a great leader for us, especially on the O line. Um, you know, him added on with uh, the other offensive linemen, I feel like we're gonna have a great season. Pretty easy offensive line to run behind. Oh, I'm, I love running behind that, so yeah, no problems there. When you were being recruited, take us through that process. I mean, were you, was Oklahoma always your, you know, your number one destination? Um, I was actually committed to A&M for a year, my junior year in high school. Um, you know, but I just, I got a feeling about them. I just didn't really want to go, go that route, and so. Uh, um, I opened it back up. I called Coach Gundy, and uh, I also called Coach Burns from Alabama. And I went to a camp in Alabama one weekend, and went to Oklahoma the next weekend. And my plan was to, you know, wait a couple weeks and sit on it, and, you know, think about what I wanted to do. But after I visited Oklahoma, I I, I committed right there. Like it, I just had to. What was it about? Uh, it was just the like. Getting down to business, you know, working, you know, obviously the grind and everything, but then also, um, you know, just the family, family atmosphere, you know, the, the fact that I could go into a coach's office and, you know, ask him questions, not just about football, you know, just, I just felt like they was there for me in that aspect. When you were a little kid, who did you root for college football-wise? Uh, I rooted for Alabama, but that's because my uncle was, uh, he played for Alabama. He's a defensive end. Okay. 
the injuries that you've no been able to overcome. Uh, do you approach the game any any differently, um, having gone through that? Uh, do you you know do you take anything from from those experiences? Um, I think it taught me some good life lessons of you know just being resilient, you know, fighting through adversity. But uh, you know, it was definitely a tough situation to go through those two injuries. But you know, I fought through it and I was able to get get back. Uh, were you a Jordan Brand guy before OU became a Jordan Brand school? Um, I I honestly don't care too much about you yeah. know whatever brand. I'm very honored that Jordan would want to come to OU and put their brand on on OU's campus. But you're not a guy who would ever care. Yeah, I don't I don't really get hung up on you know what's what I'm wearing. Are there some guys in the locker room who you think would be? You know what I mean? Are there recruits out there who? care about that sort of thing? Mm, I would certainly hope not, but <laughs> I don't know. How you doing, Mr. Andrews? Good to see you again, Garen. Tulsa World. Mm-hmm. Thanks for talking. Yeah, no problem. Appreciate that. It's weird for me coming here and not having hundreds of reporters crowd the table of your chatty quarterback. <laughs> and I, I'm wondering if it's weird for us not to talk to him. Is it is it weird for you guys making the adjustment without him around as much as much as, much as he was sort of front and center to everything you all done? Um, you know, but it's hard to replace somebody like Baker. Like I was saying earlier, um, he's a he's a magnificent player, a magnificent leader. Um, but I mean, I feel like we have people to step up in his position, and you know, it may not be in the same way that he did it, but you know, that's okay because uh, you know I know the players that we have uh, in Norman, and I have full confidence in them. In terms of his what he meant to you off the field and you know when creating the vibe on Saturdays, uh, because it was so central to what you guys did, I think fans are they're a little they wonder. Do you, do you understand why they might wonder what, whether there can be that same kind of belief and confidence without um, a kid like that? I mean, I understand, but I feel like if you're a true Oklahoma fan, you've got faith in what's what's at the program. Yeah. I mean, of course, like I said, you're going to miss Baker because of the type of player he was. He's exciting to watch. He's a great leader, a great player, but you know, I feel like I'm, sure. I'm confident in what we have right now. Is, was his effect on you guys overrated at all, or is it overstated? I mean, did we make too big a deal about it? Um, I don't know. I mean, it, I mean you, you saw how he was. I mean, he's you know very vocal, right. and you know that's okay. And it, it did have effect on us. I mean, we were sure. it got us hyped. You know, it, we stood behind him and everything that he did. But I mean, you know, I guess he just thought what you thought about it yeah and you and you said something that Kenneth was just alluding to a little bit ago the key is don't go outside what who you really are yeah. I guess right in terms yeah. of replacing that right I like yeah like I was telling him it's hard to replace somebody like Baker but I feel like the people that we have can step up and it may not be in the same way but it's it's gonna have the same effect okay. cool. you, Thanks, say, you say people not person right it's gonna have to be a team effort to do that correct it could be, it could be one person, it could be the whole team, whatever it is, it's, it's going to work. Maybe it's the quarterback position, maybe it's a different position. Is there one guy off the side of the ball right now that's really standing out? Maybe we know about him, maybe we don't. Is it anybody really going to make an impact uh, in a strong way this year, you think, right now? Uh, there's there's too many good athletes on, on the team to, to pick one out or single one out, whether you're talking about their physical ability or their leadership abilities. I feel like we're all doing a really good job of you know, keeping each other in check and uh, making sure that we got our eyes on the crowd. And speaking of taking on a bigger role, Kenneth Murray, a lot of conversation, obviously, about the defense during the Sooners' time 
in Frisco. Murray, of course, was one of the Big 12 freshmen of the year on the defensive side of the football, and he is ready not just for an increased role on the field, started every game last year, but how about an increased role as a leader? Um, OU is just family. I mean, it was it's just it's different. Like like you you some schools you look at it's they're trying to win. And then you look at OU and it's it's just winning. And so when you have a program like this that's number one, they're winning, number two, you're gonna get an opportunity to play no matter what. Um, you know, they have no problem playing young guys, plus they're gonna let the best guy play. Um, and then on top of that, it's a family environment. It's a great place to be, some place that I that's gonna take care of family. I'm, I'm with people that I trust. Um, so I mean, with those three factors there, put it all together, I mean that's what, just why I came over you. What was your favorite part about that barbecue? Uh definitely the last part, the little water balloon fight, man. Like when they did that, um, it just kinda just sold me. I was just like, Oh wow, like like they really going in, really having fun out here. You mentioned you got soaked. Did you soak anybody? <laughs> oh yeah. Who you remember who you got? Yeah, for sure. Coach Kish, always. <laughs> Coach Kish, I'm, I can't forget my guy. I got to get him soaked. <laughs> so, yeah, I got, you know, me and him had a really good time that day. And, you know, we talked real good. So, yeah. ended up leading me here. So, probably. How have you grown probably. as a player over the last year? Um, I've grown a lot. Um, obviously, last year was, was real good for me seeing um, – playing in all 14 games, starting all 14 games, and, you know, I learned a lot because um, last year was my first year, obviously, playing Mike ever, and so, obviously, it was a lot to be learned, um, and I feel like, you know, I learned a lot from scheme stuff to to just how to prepare for the game, um, you know, how to how to get ready on game day, stuff like that. It's those, it's those little things that, that you don't really know how to do that you really have to learn how to do if you're going to be successful on game day. So I've learned that stuff, um, all types of stuff, you know. So I feel like like this year I'm, I'm focused more on the fundamentals of the game. Um, I feel like last year, you know, I, I really was just playing off of straight athleticism. Now I've kind of like honed in on what I'm trying to do this year or trying to be a great linebacker. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to taking it to the next level this year. Based on the uh... – uh, last year, first-year player here in the program, yeah. kind of a young pup. What's the difference now? You're kind of one of the leaders now. Is that a role you kind of embrace now? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's something that I, I prayed for. It's something that I knew that I'd be in a position for. So I feel like I'm a natural-born leader. Um, I have no problem being in a leadership role. I have no problem answering questions as a leader. Um, I have no problem taking the blame. So, um it is what it is. Based on based on the way you were uh, kind of snapping off your memories of that Georgia game, yeah. where you were, you've probably watched the. How many times did you say you've watched that? 128 film? times. 128. Yeah. What it? What's your kind of biggest takeaway out of that game? In the second half. The second half. Yeah. Um, I mean, the second half hurt, obviously. Um, it was, you know, we we lost and it hurt, but I mean. There's a whole lot of stuff in that game that we did good, and it's a whole lot of stuff that you can learn from. So um, that's what I did. I went in there and looked at it um, and watched it over and over again. So that way, when we get there, when we get there this year, we're ready to take care of business and take care of business in the 15th game too. Did the whole defense watch it that much, or is it just you? The whole defense obviously watched it, but I mean, I'm a bit obsessive, and I I try to be a, a perfectionist. So. Um, I probably watch that game 120 sometime. I probably watch every other game at least at least 30 times. Every other every other game that we have specifically each one. 
Well, obviously, 120 attempts is a lot, yeah. and that loss hurts. But what do you? What's your main takeaway out of the game moving forward, which I'll apply to the 2018 season? Um, my main takeaway from the game, um, I mean, I think it was a it was a great atmosphere. Obviously, um, I was pissed off afterwards, um, for a lot of different reasons. Um, obviously, I was pissed off that we lost, and I was pissed off at the way the game what was said about me. But um, I'm just gonna leave that leave that that note there and just go on. So. Well, from a defensive perspective, you've got Baker heading out right. and a lot of skill time on the outside. Do y'all right. kind of feel like more of the expectations are on y'all in 2018 to kind of carry more of the load? Um, no, not even. Um, I feel like like that factor doesn't even factor into the fact it doesn't even factor in the fact that Baker is going. It doesn't even factor in the fact that we don't have Baker coming back or a, a, a solidified starting quarterback right now. We want to be a dominant defense either way. Like his, that that has no factor into us wanting to be dominant, us having pressure on us. Um, we want to be a dominant defense no matter what. So it doesn't matter if we have a quarterback. It doesn't matter if we Baker. If Baker still was here, we still would want to be a dominant defense. We still would be feeling the pressure to go out there and produce every week. After the uh, Big 12 title game last year, Coach Stoop said something. Actually, this is what he was saying. He said, uh, we have to do things in a different way at Oklahoma sometimes on defense. And the Big 12 would be kind of the way the yeah. offense is functioning. So can you kind of go into that, how y'all have to kind of adjust? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's way different when you can set up and and sit and 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 play the run 60 plays a week when I'm playing 90, 90 snaps of pass every week and have to run 53 yards. I mean, the, the field... From across sideline to sideline is like 53 yards, and so having to run that from sideline to sideline because you're so spread out. I mean, obviously it changes the game. Um, you know, if you look at other conferences, you know some conferences are are not as spread out. Some conferences are not as fast. I mean, you got to take in the fact that in Big 12, you know, a lot of teams like to go fast. So, you know, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of stuff that you got to take into account, especially for a defense because you got the team going fast, you got yourself spread out. Um, Plus, you know, it's a lot of different ways that they can attack you. So, you know, when you have all those things put together, you know, obviously it's a different way um, that that the defenses have to be created and molded to, to stop that. A lot of teams in the Big 12 are kind of pivoting to more of a dime look and base. A lot right. of times, have you kind of seen Oklahoma kind of take those steps out of the season? Kind of um, I haven't seen us take a base look at a at a dime package, but we do definitely have a dime package. I wouldn't say that's our base look. I mean. Well, maybe not necessarily base, but they're playing in like 50 or 60% of the time a lot of times. Yeah, we definitely are not going to play at 50, 60% of the time. Um, um, you know, we have certain stuff that we play 50, 60% of the time, um, but it's not done. What do you What do you think it's going to take for the perception of Oklahoma's defense to change? Um, I think we're going to have to physically dominate some people. Um, I think, for one, you know, we got to get a few shutouts for, for first first off. Um, and then second of all, in those big games, we got to we gotta dominate. Because, um, I mean, everything that you guys say, um, we hear it all. So it's obviously it's all motivating us. Um, and and we, we hear all of it. Like, that's all I'm going to say. We hear all of it. And um, it's, it's motivating us. And. It is what it is. We're going to go out there and get the job done. That's all I'm going to say. Last thing on that note, Coach Riley earlier said uh, recruiting is the key to kind of fixing the defense because he wants the elite athletes in there. When you hear that as a current member of the team, mm-hmm. what does that kind of say to you? Well, I mean, that's, that, that definitely goes into it. I mean, 
I mean, like, especially if you if you if you even look at at the way that um, other other defenses play. I know he he's saying like as far as like recruiting like for depth and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, like even if you look at if you look at Alabama or Georgia or stuff like that, like yeah, those guys have like eight or nine D linemen that they can rotate yeah, in, um, and you know they have depth and all that type of stuff. So I mean, I see I see his point when he's saying about the recruiting and stuff like that. Um, that's definitely a big factor and stuff like that. Having depth is just something that's that's good and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, the only thing that's going to change the defense, the main thing that's going to change defense is the mentality and the culture. So once we get the mentality and the culture right, we'll be fine. You don't take that as any form of, I guess, disrespect to the current players that he's talking that they need to raise the talent level of the defense? Nah, not at all. How would you not describe that mentality? How would I describe that mentality? Yeah, Hungry. Mentality? Hungry. Every time we get on the field, we got to hunt. And every time we get on the field, it, it has to be a, a straight killer mentality, like, no matter what. It don't matter if we play in Texas. It don't matter if we play in Oklahoma State. It don't matter if we play in our own offense. We got to hunt every time we get on the field. Do you think people kind of forget how young y'all were in some places last year? And- yep. Yep, I think they forget a lot, but I'm not gonna hear and speak on that. I'm just gonna I'm gonna let the I'm gonna let what happens happens. That's all I'm gonna say. What happens happens. I hear everything. We hear everything, um, and it's cool. Thank you, Kenneth. I appreciate it. Yeah, no just problem. in general about uh, Coach Riley's efforts as a recruiter. You've seen him now heading yeah. into his second season. Talk a little bit about what you've seen. You know, maybe like an evolution of his personality or the way that he approaches recruits. Um, you know, have you kind of seen that build with him? I mean, Coach Riley always been a cool dude. He always been a Showtime type dude. So, I mean, he always had that swag, that persona about him that's so cool. So, um, I mean, I don't feel like nothing has changed. I mean, obviously, he has other responsibilities now that he's the head guy. Obviously, um, he's not just the offensive coordinator no more. But I don't think he's changed at all. I think he's pretty much the same. Always been a cool dude, somebody I can go talk to. Always been like that. So, I feel like pretty much the same. Always been a cool dude. So there's a recap of the Sooners in Frisco coming up at the end of the week. We'll hear from Amani Bledsoe and Ben Powers and some of what they had to say at Big 12 Media Day. Great. By the way, Ben Powers may have had the quote of the week. We'll bring that to you on Friday. But again, meet the Sooners Day coming up on Sunday. Don't miss it. Don't let your kids miss it. Log on to Soonersports.com to get all the details. And by the way, one other quick note that I should mention. We love to hear from you. So if there's topics you want us to cover, if there's interviews you want us to hear, please hit us up at OU on the air. That's the best way to stay in touch with the Sooner Sports Podcast at OU on the air. For Jess, for Coach Riley, for Kenneth Murray, and of course for Rodney Anderson, I'm Chris Plank. Have a great week and until Friday, Boomer Sooner everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers. Hunt for muddy puddles and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.